0: from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Live in me. Very easy topic. Live in me. John chapter 15, from the Passion Translation, verse 4 to 5. So remain, so you must remain in union life with me or grafted into me for I remain in life union with you for as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit so your life will be fruitless unless you leave your life intimately joined to mine I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches verse 5, the Passion Translation, I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union life with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. You're powerless, right? Okay, let's read the message version same scripture, John chapter 15, verse 4 to 5. It says, Live in me. Which is where our topic came from today. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, that relation, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Separated, you cannot what? Produce anything live in me, live in me, hallelujah. The presence of God is to live, not just a place to visit. The dwelling place of God is not a place to look at from afar, just admire. It's not just a place you return to when You are weary. It's a place to live. It's a place to live. So, don't just wait until you are thirsty and dry before you come back to the presence. Live in the presence of God. Say that to someone. Live in the presence of God. Live in the presence of God. I I jump to another scripture real quick. John chapter 5, verse 39. John chapter 5, verse 39. Let me read the Berean Study Bible. You pour over the scriptures. This is the Berean Study Bible. You pour over the scriptures because you presume that by them you possess eternal life. These are words that testify of me. Yet, you refuse to come to me to have life. Do you know, like, this place is saying that actually, saying this is the word of God. You know how people use the word of God to, oh, the Lord said to me, the Lord said to me, but you refuse to come to me to have life. You know how people become theologians on the word of God as well? Just saying, oh, the Bible says, and I think this is my opinion, and, and you are actually intellectually Okay, not the word of God but you refuse to come to Jesus who is the life everything he's saying is saying come to me come to me that is the most important thing for us to learn in God about how to return to Christ in Christ is the sap of the life of God In Christ is the fullness of everything we're trying to get. In Christ is everything we're trying to be in Christ. So he says, let me live in union life with you. And you live in union life with me. And when that relationship is intimate and organic it will make sure that you stay connected to life. Do you guys understand this? So life then is not a place to go. Life is not someone you meet. Life is not a level you arrive at. Life is a man. His name Is Jesus Christ. So he says, I am the resurrection and the life. But all human beings are running around thinking like if they get the next level of thing, it will make them something. People are thinking like, oh, I'm earning altogether 10 million, 20 million in a year. Let me get into the 100 million naira range. So men hustle, break their back, thinking certainly the men who have 100 million are more respectable than the men who have 20. And when they get to 100 million, what happens? They look around and see people with billions. And they think like, hang on, hang on. I need a billion. I see how billionaires look. Their cars are more sleek. You know the kind of things that children observe one day i took my children to okoko no not okoko at the out at the end of lagos between lagos and okun state and then we went to see my sister who lives in that area my junior sister grace lives there so on our way back I was just normal, like, you know, we went there, we we're coming back. Then my daughter said to me, Dad, have you noticed something? I said, what? I actually learned a lot from those girls. She said to me, like, all the cars on this other side are more ramshackled than the cars on this side. I didn't notice that the cars had so much scratches. And the buses were, like, a lot more, do you understand? I didn't notice the difference. That's how blind I am. But they noticed. So you see yourself in the 20 million and just think like, hang on. That slickness ought to be me. That coolness ought to be me. (laughs) That should be me. What's wrong with me being there? And truly, what's wrong with you being there? Nothing. Until it becomes a God that you worship. Until it becomes a pursuit that your entire life is not satisfied until you. Why can many men not be in church? Men are busy right now driving their power bikes. (laughs) You heard that sound? (laughs) I couldn't miss the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Golfing. Because golf is life. And that's where you meet the big boys. Men are right now in some important clubs. Let the women go to church. Oh, my wife such a prayerful woman. Covers, my wife just covers me. Oh, thank you, woman, you cover me. Meanwhile, the Bible says that the man is the priest over his home. So men are supposed to be a priest literally over their homes. I was teaching about church to someone this week. Church, at the personal level, is the most private church. So you are a temple of the Lord. As an individual. Do you know church at the second level Is called Church in the Home. Say Church in the Home. And guess who the pastor of that church is? The man. The father is the pastor over the church in the home. Imagine a pastor who has abandoned his pastoral duties, which is where many of us as men are. You are the priest over your home. Receive the unction for priesthood today, all my brothers, in the name of Jesus. You will prophesy over your wife. You will pray over your children. You establish the people God sends into your world. Even if you are dating, from that time you begin to prophesy over the person you are dating. Speaking life into them. Saying you will be a great wife. Saying you will be a a having of the grace of God. I release glory. Together you hold hands and prophesy over your children prophesy over your children i remember all my kids from when they were in the womb will lay hands on the womb and begin to say you are blessed before you come out we write the handwriting of god we tattoo the laws of god on your reign we design you on the inside so church at the second level is church in the home church at the third level is community church where we are And then church at the fourth level is church in the nation. So you say, you say the church of Christ in Nigeria. Jesus is inviting you to come and live in him. Live in me. Fruitfulness doesn't happen outside of Christ. (laughs) Fruitfulness is an attribute of being connected in that intimate and organic connection produces Healthy fruits that turn people, that feeds people and creates a whole ecosystem. So, the video I want to show, I'm going to talk about it now, right? So, when Jesus says, abide in me and I in you, the next allegory he gives is, as a branch cannot produce fruit of itself except it's connected to the vine. So also you cannot produce any fruit except you are connected to me. What example was that? What area of discipline of example was that? Agriculture. That's an agricultural example. That's an agricultural example. Do you guys understand? So Jesus was talking agric. So I actually did have a video that spoke about the plant. Transportation system. So the biology that some of you ran away from, you're going to do it today now. So I actually do have a diagram. Can you see the diagram? Okay, just see it. Just try and see it. There are two transportation systems in a plant. One is called the xylem. The other is called the phloem. So the xylem is the process of the transportation of nitrates from the soil into the plant life. While the phloem is actually the transportation of nutrients around the plants. After photosynthesis happens in the leaves, the leaves receive some energy from the chlorophyll process and after transpiration happens where the plant lets up about 70 percent 80 percent of the water it contains into the atmosphere that's why they say you should plant trees trees give life plant plants wherever you are it helps to ch- ch- change the atmosphere plant trees in the compound where you live like lagos is so built up plant trees tell someone plant trees do you know that God is actually the first nature guy? And look at the examples of Jesus Christ. This example was a plant example. So I wanted to show you a cross section of what it... I'm still going to show you. They, they'll get it right. right? Can, honestly, Jesus was saying, the phloem and the xylem of the plants cannot actually do their job except there is what? Fusion. Connection. The moment you cut off a branch, what happens to the phloem and the xylem? For you to cut off the plant, there's a place called the vascular bundle. The vascular bundle of the plant is what holds the plant together. It's like the backbone of the structure of the plant. So, this vascular bundle is actually destroyed once you cut off the branch. And the next thing you see when you cut off a branch of a big tree, what do you see in the morning the next day? You see the branch that you cut off has what? Died. What do you see on the stub, Like running water. How many of you have seen that running water when you cut a plant? Liquid pouring out. These are products of phluem and xylem. So Jesus is the phloem and the xylem of life I wasn't just talking about plants, you know that I'm going somewhere Jesus is the phloem and xylem of life, how dare you as a plant decide to detach yourself from the phloem and the xylem of life immediately this happens you begin to die you begin to wither But everything is geared in this world to tell you that you don't really need this God. You can do it. (laughs) You can do it. You can find a place. Jesus is saying, more or less, if you want to be alive, if you want to have real life, remain in union. Live in me. Make your abode in me. Dwell in me. Trust in me. Follow me. Accept my words. Take my eyes and use my eyes to see your world. Because what's happening is that we are all trying to do life by our own strength. Everybody is trying to be courageous. Everybody is trying to, you know, up and uh, up and grateful. What do they say? What are the motivational things they say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm I'm up and doing. I'm alive. I can do it. Don't let anyone tell you you can't. Reinvent yourself. You can if you can reimagine yourself. You can bring yourself about they tell you oh do you know that you can become this and that they tell you all this is very encouraging very encouraging only when you wake up and you try to do it it doesn't work (laughs) it doesn't work if you are tired you are tired down to the bone they give you all types of ideas to reinvent yourself they don't work self help doesn't work self help doesn't work You've seen the best of us as human beings. We leak. We leak. We are unable to handle life by ourselves. The best of humanity does not retain God. Our human frame lacks the ability to retain godliness. So the Holy Spirit begins to tell us come to me. Let me show you how to live. <laughs> come to me let me give you real life that life you are chasing after does not have a river it doesn't have a river (laughs) everything yesterday I went to the barbers and I put it on my status they gave me a bottle a big bottle of alcohol and they said to me sir do you want to drink and I was looking at the bottle and I was just thinking Imagine if I drink this today, how anointed I will be this morning. But I'm already filled. 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 filled. (laughs) Some of you need alcohol to pep you up. I'm full already. I go crazy all by myself. Why? Because I'm full of something. I'm living connected. I'm living in the vine. And that life flows out of me. Meanwhile, people tell you you can do this life by yourself. No, you don't have the ability to retain divinity. After a while, you leak. After a while, you lose virtue. After a while, you peter out. After a while, you burn out I'll tell you why you tire out so the spirit says walk in the spirit then and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh come to me often every day come to me for me to exchange the death at work in you for the life at work in me because in humanity is really death <laughs> Humanity is death. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. but Humanity is not life. Humanity, from the day you're born, you begin to die. From the day you're born, you begin to die. So you live longest the day you were born. That baby is the, is the longest life you have. Because from that time, it's countdown. So Paul said this in Romans chapter 7, verse 23. Bring out your Bibles. Let's read it. Romans 7, 23. Bring out your device. Let's read. Let's read this together. 7:23 to 24. If you find it say I. Okay, we need to wait a bit a bit more. Find it in your device. Romans 7:23, 24. If you find it, say I. Good, we have more people finding it now. So Romans 7:23. let's all read together. One, two, go. But I see another law at work in my body, warring against the law of my mind and holding me captive to the law of sin that dwells within me. What a wretched man I am, who will rescue me from this body of death. Wow. This body is called the body of embarrassment. This body is called the body of incapacity. But many times we want to glorify this body We don't want to admit that this body is fraught. This body is limited. This body gets incapacitated. This body does not retain divinity. This body loses aura. This body loses grace. This body is unsure. This body is is. Is attacked by all types of syndrome, whether imposter syndrome, whether superiority complex, whether inferiority complex. All of these things are designed to do what to you? To limit you, to make you never able to rise up in who you are in God. So Paul was crying. Even the sin I don't want to do, I find myself committing it. Who will save me from this body of embarrassment? This my body has incapacity. This my body is limited. I want another body. Paul was saying. (laughs) So that's why God begins to call us into a journey of daily consecration. He says, come and walk with me and I will show you. God wants us to be elevated in righteousness. God wants us to be lifted up. God wants to raise another breed of people this breed of the people are the people who are in union life with God these people are called the Nazarenes say Nazarene Nazarene God wants to raise Nazarenes these Nazarenes hear the voice of God these Nazarenes do not allow themselves to be poisoned by the brokenness of earth these Nazarenes tune themselves to heaven these Nazarenes hear God. Hear the master. Join to the master. In fusion with the master. Nazarenes. Nazarenes have come. The Nazarenes have come. They will dwell in the temple of the Lord. The Nazarenes have come. The Nazarenes have come, they will dwell in the temple of the Lord. Pour out the oil, anointing and the fire, for they will dwell in the temple of the Lord. Sing it together. The Nazarenes have come, the Nazarenes have come. They will dwell in the temple of the Lord. Pour out the oil, anointing and the fire. They will dwell in the temple of the Lord. (laughs) This is the time for the Nazarenes. This is the time for the modern day Nazarenes. And they said that John will come in the spirit of a Nazarene. He will not taste wine or alcohol. His hair will never be shone. He will be a man given to consecration and worship and power and life. In the brokenness of humanity, God begins to raise other kinds of men, other kinds of women, Those full of the power of the Holy Spirit say I am I can hear you say I am a Nazarene the Nazarenes have come they will dwell in the temple of the Lord these people will experience grace they will experience the capacity of heaven they will experience the fusion life the union life with God Romans chapter 6 verse 14 For sin shall not be your master because you are not under the law but under grace Nazarenes live above sin Nazarenes live above sin I know that grace covers our sin but there's another kind of grace I want to talk about this morning it's the grace of living in Christ it's the grace of abiding in the vine. It's the grace of being connected to God. And those connected to God cannot remain the same. Titus chapter 2, we read it this morning as we're praying. For the grace of God, verse 11. Titus chapter two verse eleven. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly, when in this present age. There is grace to live righteously. There is grace to deny unworldly lust. What grace have we been taught? the grace that covers up whatever you do doesn't matter. Is that the grace you, you guys have received? That grace is cheating. It's cheating you because the grace has come teaching us to deny worldly loss, ungodliness and to live a life of power in this present age. Say amen. Say I have the grace. And Jesus was called the Nazarene he had the grace. The Bible says was tempted at all points, yet without sin. I just want to, I just want to exchange something in my spirit for something in your spirit. I want some of you to journey today. Some of you believe, low-key believe that it's impossible to do this God's life. Some of you believe that, low-key, that it's not possible for you to be a man of God, a woman of God. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible for you to hear God. It's possible for you to enjoy God. It's possible for you to be fused with the life of God. Live in me. A Nazarene has come. A Nazarene has come. He will dwell in the temple of the Lord. Grace is available Grace is not just to cover carnality. Grace is available to set apart men for God. This is what the real warfare in today's world is The Nazarenes will deny worldly agendas and lust and begin to rise in the spirit. Those who see the divine want more of that. They they see like a shadow what this life is. And they look into the eternity of God and see that God's life is way more valuable. They live life in the view of eternity. There's so many beliefs that we have. The people who are married think like, if I can make my marriage be more beautiful. (laughs) God says, if you're married, you should behave as if you're unmarried as you see the day is approaching. The people who are singing singing, think, certainly if I can find a good man to marry. The people who live in a small thing, think, certainly if I can get a bigger house. The people who have a small business think, if I can just expand this business, there's always goals and dreams and things that we want to arrive at. When will it be enough for you to know that these things do not satisfy? So God is now raising modern day Nazarene God is now raising modern day Nazarenes. He's shaping them. He's retooling them. They will deny the corruption which is in the world through lust. They will set their minds on the Spirit of God. They will refuse premarital sex. They will refuse indulgence of the earth. They will refuse to give their money to broken things. They will will refuse the God of entertainment that has become a spirit to bind and blind eyes. And they will stand in the fullness of the Lord. More than the Nazarenes. Say, I am a Nazarene. Shalei morunde mahande mosaya. She kutema run tema. Imbaluta baya tobra kutema. Ninkasota manibra dostai. Ikasone embashea. Minamosin da baliko yenam namba shula baroche katomo sila ba e kodendi maruya tomo sila baronche katomo sina Minaya bolibra nosta libera no sta men de mam la baros te kamana namba ya ka ka demo by your signature, oh God, on the hearts of men, your laws. I write, oh God, by your signature this morning for people to know that nothing will make them apart from you. That truly, outside of you, they can do nothing, and outside of you, they can be nothing. Outside of you, all your worldly acclaim will amount to nothing. Nazarenes will value you they will search out where you are from the crowd and come to the place where you live Amen John chapter 12 verse 20 to 23 John chapter 12 20 to 23 now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast they came to Philip who was from Bethsaida of Galilee and asked him sir we wish to see Jesus Philip came and told Andrew and Andrew in turn and, and in turn Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus then Jesus says the hour has come that the son of man should be glorified Nazarenes are those who go past people and disciples and go for his heart. Nazarenes know how to go for the heart of the master. When we gather together so many times, we've created structures and barriers. If you come to this level, you can go to this. So the Greeks were outsiders. Jesus wasn't preaching to Greeks Most times his message was for the Jews. But the Greeks came. And what did the Greeks say? We want to see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. How powerful is that? We want to see Jesus. They saw the disciples, but that was not enough for them. What did they say? Sirs, we would see Jesus. We desire, Jesus. If you're truly a Nazarene, that's what you're looking for. Some of you have nursed this hunger and nothing else has satisfied you. You've tried to fill it with everything else, but you're not satisfied. Do you know what you're looking for? Jesus. He's the one you're looking for. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, there's something about your name. Master, Savior, Jesus, let heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. There is something about your name. We want to see Jesus. The Greeks said we want to see Jesus. Hallelujah. We want to go past the crowd of people. We want to go for your heart even though God places us in a community, the community is not supposed to inhibit you. The church is not supposed to prevent you. As a church, we're supposed to enable you. So, when the Holy Spirit asked me to start Ecclesia Hills, I said God, church is dead. I said God, church is dead. And like, you know, look at church is hurting people. Church is taking from people. Church is breaking people. So why do you want me to do another one? And the Holy Spirit said, No, there is nothing wrong with my church. There is something wrong with some of the people who are doing church in my name. But the church is my vehicle. It's not a prevention vehicle that people don't get to Christ. It's an enablement vehicle. Can you make it an enablement vehicle? Can you take out the politics, take out the money charade, take out the people who are always running for position, take it all out and make it about me, about worship, about the word, about my presence. Can you make an enablement, a capacity building place? So we're gonna start a new school of prayer and we're looking for people who know they are Nazarenes but they don't know how to break into it. You may be an old believer, but you struggle. We want to do a new school of prayer again as an enablement for the Nazarites to emerge. Go past the crowd. Let the community enable you and come and stay with him. Let's finish real quick. John chapter 1 verse 37. Two disciples heard him speak. Two of John's disciples heard Jesus speak and they followed Jesus. John chapter 3, John chapter 1 verse 37. Then Jesus turned, seeing them, and said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is, to, which is translated teacher. They said to him, Where do you live? And he said to them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. From that day, they never went back to John. There are many enablers, but the place where they're supposed to take you to is to who? Is to the Christ. And they didn't come and say, Master, you know, bless us. They say, Master, where do you live? Nazarenes don't come and go; they stay. They stay. They stay. It's time for you to preach to someone. Turn and turn and face someone in the church and said, Hello, hello, hello. Let me tell you something. You're a Nazarene. Stay with the Master. Come on this journey. It's a beautiful experience. Some of you are not saying to: Are you shy or are the people sitting next to you? Minister to someone and say it's a beautiful experience. Two of you are not talking. Are you scared of her? Or go be bold. Say it to her. Say it to her. It's a beautiful experience. Come on the journey you drank many waters they don't satisfy follow the Nazarene follow the Nazarene follow the Nazarene that's where you'll find life lay your hands on them as I minister life to you, I minister strength to you he I mean, said the glory of God upon you. Receive the glory. Receive the power. Receive the ability to stay. Receive the holy hunger for spiritual things. Receive the enablement to carry the grace of God. Receive that ability that makes God to stay. Receive the ability not just to visit and go back home. Receive the ability to live, live. Where do you live, Master? We want to come and live with you. And he said, come. Come and see. Come and experience me. Come and live with me. Come and be with me. Come and stay. The Nazarenes have come. The Nazarenes have come. They will dwell in the temple of the Lord. The Nazarenes have come. The Nazarenes have come. They will dwell in the temple of the This morning I have an invitation for you Today I ask you to make your faith count Today I ask you to break out of everything To which you swore allegiance Today I ask you to break out every inhibition As he stopped you from coming to the master Today I ask you to remove everything that is standing in your way so you can come to the master. Ah, come to the master. Come and buy. Come and buy gold refined in the fire. Come and buy ice for your eyes that you will see. Come and buy water, wine, milk and honey for your soul and you may drink and be satisfied. Revelations of 3 verse 17 to 18 You say I am rich I have grown wealthy and I need nothing But you do not know You do not realize that you are wretched pitiful, poor, blind and naked I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so you may become truly rich white garments so you may be clothed and your shameful nakedness be covered and salve to anoint your eyes that you may see I release upon you the grace to buy gold to buy that which is treasured in heavenly places to buy garments from the presence of Jesus to cover your nakedness This is where I end, and I have only one more invitation. There are believers who don't know how to enter to this place. There are unbelievers who don't know how to be believers. This invitation is for both of you. There is a grace in God, there is an enablement in the Spirit of God, there is a power. That God gives. Hallelujah. Say amen. This is the invitation. This is the invitation. Come and buy gold. Come and buy white garments. Come and buy things sanctified. That you may no more be poor. That you may truly be rich. Let me let me give one example. On the day of ordination, I told I told part of my story. But I missed this part. I I was in jaws. I had been ordained the pastor, and I was pastoring the student fellowship. And it was coming to life. It was really, really coming to life. So, hunger took over me. Hunger. Not for food, but for improvement of the level where I was. Intellectually. I was a master's student. I was the highest IT guy. State governors were already sending for me come and solve their problems. So In that region, I was not doing badly. So, I bet I felt like a one-eyed king, you know, in a local place doing well. Windows 95 had just been released. I saw new applications. Internet was getting better. Nitel had the dial-up line. And I was now beginning to touch technology so I wanted that new life I thought that for me to catch that new life I had to shut down the old so I walked away from pastoring the campus fellowship was coming alive young people were getting drunk in the power of the spirit people were knowing people were just getting into God but I just thought life has to be more So, more or less, I ran away and I feel like God permitted me. I ran away from the year 2000. And guess how many years I ran away for? Seven years. So, it was in the year 2007 that that thing, that situation I told you guys in Johannesburg happened to me by that time God was already been telling me leave everything and come and follow me I said from 2004 God already been on my back I'm like I just married I have two children in two years I didn't know that two more were coming I was running 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 away from God you know what God did that 2007, he shut down everything. Everything fell apart. And guess what God told me in book? I told you guys, said, Moses, what are you doing here? Go back home. Don't travel. Don't go anywhere. Guess how many years I was in Nigeria for without traveling? Seven years. God collected back the seven years I took. After seven years, he released me and said to me, okay, you can go anywhere. And then he gave me back, guess what he gave me? He gave me back my business. So Avail was now making money. We got our first million dollar contract. I couldn't believe it. We're working with Israeli software developers, my own business, now my partnership. We're getting good pay. He gave me back the business which I was trying to get by running away from serving Him. I thought that if I served Him, my life has finished. Do you know the main thing? We can't see what God has in store. God gave me back an entire ministry, thousands of people responding to everything I share and with it he gave me the money I was chasing this was Zacchaeus he really saw who Jesus was and after making money the most anyone could make in his time he was so rich the money was saying he was going to pay back did you hear it? seven times anybody I cheated, which means that the money he has collected from people he has invested in, he was now mega, mega rich but he saw something bigger than money he saw something bigger and better than influence he saw something more massive, more powerful than what he wanted and he sold everything to clinch that which was more valuable being a Nazarite is the most important thing that will happen to you. Believe me. And God necessarily, God is not interested in business as such. I'm not saying he's not interested in business, but he's more interested in you and in the business that you do. God doesn't mind you driving a Rolls Royce. Forget all the people who criticize prosperity preachers. God does not mind you having a private jet. He doesn't the cattle on a thousand hills belonged to him. If he was hungry, God doesn't mind you owning estates. But the thing is, do those things own you? That's what he minds. So when we live in God, in him we can have life that is truly valuable. You can have food that you eat that makes sense. You can have joy in your heart. And it will truly, truly satisfy you. Come on the journey. Come on this journey. Here is my invitation. What he makes your life to be will be beautiful. Maybe this is not for everybody. Maybe someone, someone watching online much later. Come on this journey. And see what God will make out of you. He makes everything beautiful to those who are connected in Him. In Him, your job will be valuable. In Him, your estate will be valuable. In Him, your family will be meaningful. In Him, your wealth and your honor will have purpose. In Him, everything you desire will make sense. Come